0: Hi, I'm Hazel. And I'm Chimsy. Welcome to the People to People podcast, which in Chichewa is Antu Antu. And here you go just now. It's episode 10, our final episode, and we can do it without a script.
1: <laughs> <laughs> just about.
0: <laughs> so this episode is called People and Possibilities.
1: We spoke with Gary, Jacqueline, Morvin and Ellie, all the way from Zuzu
0: in Malawi.
2: We can be guilty of of understanding countries like Malawi as as collections of problems rather than collections of people.
0: And with Professor Paul Garside, who we spoke to about the Blantyre to Blantyre project.
3: If you can detect this and do something about it quickly, then it doesn't spread, it doesn't move. There's self-interest involved in that.
0: Chimsy, what were your favourite moments from the series? At the very top is the
1: conversation that we had with Dr Tiwonga Gawa, because I was just amazed that there is this incredible woman doing incredible work for the, you know, for the environment. Maybe in the future, it just won't be her. There'll be a lot of females doing the work that she has.
4: Even if you go to national parks, even now, a lot of the people that work there are men because they always say the environment is not conducive for, for women. But we need to have those women that step in and say, no. We can do this also uh, and still be what we need to be. So, yeah, it's, it's been a fascinating journey. <laughs> in a career like mine, where I can't look, there's nobody in Malawi that has a career like that one who is a, who is a woman, right? So I don't have anybody that I can look to here, but there's, there are people that I look to who are international, and I see them going about their lives, and I also see the kind of choices they've had to make in their lives. That has helped me you know creating those opportunities for young ladies to see new things work and for them to know now they can you know experience that yes I also work uh, I also have children I have a husband but yes I'm going on with this career it's possible you know.
0: But I've also really enjoyed just chatting to the mums about being a mum and chatting to the food lovers about loving food and Chatting to the nature lovers about loving nature because I think these are all the things that connect us. Yeah,
1: I just didn't know how much work people maybe you know that's just me being ignorant. Um, but the incredible work that people are doing for their communities.
0: We've spoken to about forty people on the podcast so far. I, it does feel like we're just getting started, doesn't it? Yeah, forty people—that's a lot.
1: I think every time we've spoken to someone in Malawi and there's been something wrong with the network and they've like tried to come back on and then gone back off and then come back on, I'm just like, ah.
0: It's been brilliant to speak with diaspora in both countries. The diaspora, so Malawians living in Scotland and Scots living in Malawi have a really unique insight into the differences and similarities between our two nations. We've spoken to several Malawians living in Scotland over the series, like Davy Luhanga in People in Privilege and Joyce Jumapiri in People in Ploughs, and now it's time to speak with the Bruff family, who moved from Lindsay in Scotland to Mizuzu in Malawi in
5: 2019. We were just sitting on the sofa and he's like, Oh, I've seen this job advertised with Church of Scotland its first three years in Mizuzu do you think we should apply and i, <laughs> I was like okay <laughs> and i think i think at the time i was sort of secretly hoping that you know he wouldn't get it because i was like that's quite a big <laughs> change visiting malawi
2: before and even other places worth with work um i mean of course i i missed my family but it wasn't that i missed being there with them i i i missed the fact that we weren't sharing some of the experiences of of being in a different place and seeing different things together and that that that, that kind of changes
5: you. That Morvan just turned one when we moved here and Elia just turned four. So for them, it was like, a really good age just to experience living in a different country and different culture and
2: as christians as well i think we were almost one in god to tell us no don't don't go this is the really bad idea this is <laughs> this is why you shouldn't do it those things were just kind of slowly taken away you know like the whole process was being looked after for us as well so that that was a great reassurance for mm-hmm. us as a family in the middle of a big change when you're here and you get a wobble you're like okay no we remember we remember why we chose to come Um, And how we kind of felt, I suppose, led uh, Mm -hmm. to be here as well. So that's, yeah, those are kind of important memories.
5: Mm. (laughs) Culturally here, there's such a community culture, which we really like. Um, People kind of look after each other and everything's a lot more shared and less kind of individualistic than home. So people are keen to get to know you. And a, a big part of what we wanted to do is try and learn the Language a bit as well, because we find that most people speak really good English here, so you could get by fine. I think the language is such an important part of, you know, the, the culture, a country's culture. And when you begin to learn the language, it helps you to understand the culture more. I think the way that people say things in their own language can be quite different to the way they translate in English. The Bruff family arrived in Mizuzu in
0: 2019 and the presidential election that year was later annulled by the Constitutional Court due to irregularities and they held fresh elections the following year. And I like this quote from Gary's excellent blog, which we will link to on our social media. He says, the campaigns make a nice change from everyone asking us, how's it going with your Brexit? While I always reply, it's not my Brexit, it is a reminder that wherever we are, we have our political challenges
2: being here in 2019 was was quite exciting like it was strange because it's not our country it's not our politics not our place to kind of like it wasn't our struggle but to to be there with other people um kind of see how passionate people were about making sure their voice was heard in the kind of political process and okay that turned violent from time to time so so 2019 was a very unsettled year particularly in mizuzu but it was also a really exciting time um, like when the election result was overturned in the court, like that was celebration. Like somewhere on my iPhone is a picture of the goat that that we had for a barbecue in the office that week just because people wanted to celebrate the result. It was a very visible time of, of young Malawians in particular kind of shouting out and saying, no, I have an idea for my country and this isn't it. Um, and, I don't know what comes next, but the continuation of that is potentially very, very exciting. We can be guilty of of understanding countries like Malawi as, as collections of problems rather than collections of people because we're introduced to the problem by, by a charity or by an NGO or by someone who's visited and, and in a well-meaning way is trying to summarize what it was they saw or experienced, but we don't know so much about... About, yeah, about people uh, and kind of lived experience of, of people. I think there's maybe an imbalance in the flow backwards and forwards between Malawi and, and Scotland. Do as many school groups from Malawi come back to visit Scotland. There's a long way to go to make these truly shared experiences we're having, but yeah, we're, we're heading in that direction. And I think COVID is going to speed up some of those conversations because of how easy it is to to meet and talk online and there's a bit of an opportunity in that that when things open up do we go back to the same flow the same um way that stories come out of malawi and money and projects go into malawi or is it going to be is it going to be different i kind of hope so but we'll we'll see are we gonna have a better representation of voices um, in the way that we yeah like plan these relationships plan these projects
0: I really like what Gary said there about the representation of voices. I actually want to take a moment of self-reflection to recognise that there are so many more voices that we would like to plan to include in any further projects that Chimsy and I make together. But now, let's ask the awkward question. The future. What's what's your future going to be? You say you might stay.
5: Yeah. Ah... Yeah, we don't know. <laughs> <laughs>
2: this is this is the big question. This is I the big know. question in our house at the moment because, um, like, officially, we're coming to the end, toward the end of the contract. There are options to extend.
0: Okay, maybe Chimsey and I can help. <laughs> okay. Yeah, what are the things that would you'd want to stay for?
5: You know, the lake is is beautiful and the wildlife and um, it's very green and you know it reminds us a bit of Scotland actually in some places and we would like to explore more of that. I, I like the kind of pace of life here.
2: I quite like the uncertainty of of what life might be like mm-hmm. if we stayed. I guess also life is lived a lot more openly. So if someone is not well, or if someone dies, or if someone has a reason to to celebrate, that's that's a lot more kind of all inclusive. Like you you just get drawn into it. I feel yeah fortunate to be able to kind of kind of live in amongst that. Um, it's also a point of frustration you know like the days where you really do have a plan like this is what i'm <laughs> going to get done today i'm going to do this today it's never 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 happens Never
5: happens. <laughs> the people here are just so friendly and you know everyone calls it the warm heart of africa which is definitely our experience in just a couple of years you know you're just kind of at the tip of the iceberg of mm. learning about a different culture and way of life
2: we want to stay just for for us like it's not mm. like we're trying to extend this holiday of a mm-hmm. life um, and, and enjoy more of the, the highlights. It's because we feel purposeful in our time here. We feel yes, that sense of calling, but also like that sense of there's something that we can contribute or that like not that we have all of the answers or all of the skills or all of the wisdom, but we can be working with other people. And maybe we have, you know, some small part, some some role to play. If we felt like, yeah, we were just here for the highlights, mm-hmm. then it would be time for us to to go. Maybe we should ask Ailey.
6: I enjoy being in Malawi because all of my friends are very nice and it's very nice and warm and there's differences here. People, they, they use a lot of manners do you think you'd like to come back to scotland one day i want to go back because there's more like things to do like i didn't i don't have a paddling pool here or a soft play <laughs> okay. there's some food i miss like strawberries because you don't really get strawberries around here
5: they would miss the sima though the girls love eating sima <laughs> especially more <Marvin. laughs> every lunchtime she's
6: Uh, (laughs) she doesn't finish it
5: (laughs) I know that's because it fills you up doesn't it
6: What,
0: what do you want everybody in Scotland who's never been to Malawi to know about Malawi
6: I would want them to know that it's a good place I don't want them to think that it's a bad place they shouldn't go if they want to I want to tell them about the wonderful lakes and stuff to do that When I go on my, like, adventures to the lake and stuff, I take pictures, then print them, and then put them in a special book. It's called My Malawi Book. And then when I go back to Scotland, I want to show the Scotland people the book.
1: Hello. My name is Chimsy and you are listening to the People to People podcast.
0: It's the last episode, People and Possibilities. Oh man. It's the last episode of the first series. (laughs) There we go.
1: So we wanted to include our conversation with Professor Paul Garside in this episode. Professor Garside is the Dean of Global Engagement, Africa and Middle East at the University of Glasgow. What has
0: Blantyre in Scotland got in common with Blantyre in Malawi?
3: Blantyre in Malawi is named after Blantyre in Scotland. Blantyre, which is just outside of Glasgow in Scotland. And Blantyre in Scotland is the birthplace of David Livingstone, Uh, hence uh, the naming of Blantyre in Malawi. So it used to be the first city in in Malawi. It's now the second city, but it's a major uh, uh, financial uh, center and, and a big city. Um, so that's that's where the name comes from. And actually the project uh, relates to some of the similar challenges that are faced by communities in both places. Cardiovascular disease, heart disease, arthritis, cancers, and so on. So they are problems in Blantyre in Scotland. There are similar increasing amounts of those diseases in Blantyre in Malawi. When Mokwatzer and his senior colleagues visited five years ago and we showed them big hospitals in Glasgow and so on, the Queen Elizabeth Hospital in Glasgow. just so happens that the big hospital in Blantyre in Malawi is the Queen Elizabeth Hospital as well. We talked about, well, you know, maybe Malawi couldn't build as big a hospital as this with as much capacity as this, but we could learn about from uh, how you ended up in this situation that maybe we can learn something that would prevent us going that far down that road with those diseases, or we could have better prevention, um, uh, in place before we get to that stage. So there was a discussion about that. And I think what's important is that is there's, there's the potential for two-way learning in that. So those kinds of diseases have been increasing. The speed with which those diseases have been increasing in parts of Africa has been much faster than it has in, for example, Glasgow. And that's because places in, in Africa have urbanized very quickly. But if we can start to understand the kind of molecular basis of those diseases in Malawi, uh, Blantyre in Malawi, and we understand the molecular basis of those diseases in Blantyre in Scotland, then if we look at what is the same and different in the two places, and no doubt there will be different genetic and environmental things that are the same and different, does that mean we can learn things about why it happened so quickly, or how you can change it in Malawi? Were actually very, much more efficient ways of dealing with with the, the health messages and the treatments that we can also apply in Scotland and vice versa, and that's the basis of uh, of, of the Blantyre Blantyre project.
1: The pandemic has really highlighted the importance of making these strong links between Scotland and Malawi.
3: Yes,
0: and building a high quality medical facility in Malawi will be important as we continue to fight COVID.
3: Uh, because the lab wasn't completely open. We, we didn't change what we were doing dramatically, but we were able to, because all of the lines of communication and finance and moving equipment and all of those kind of things were established and open, we were able to help with the transfer of some funds and reagents uh, to support the testing and those kinds of things. But also some, some colleagues at the University of Glasgow, the uh, Medical Research Council, Centre for Virus Research is at the University of Glasgow. And they're doing lots of testing for the whole of the uk and screening and so on and you know screening new variants and things and and we were able to put them in touch and colleagues from there have, have helped uh, colleagues in malawi
0: It was, so it's a kind of world-class facility so that you can directly connect with the results
3: yeah and, and i think in in future i think one of the things um, and, and this is very much um, you know it was my mpando when he visited uh, Four or five years ago that, that talked about the need for this kind of laboratory and I think that's been emphasized by what's happened uh, with the pandemic where in some places the capacity to do the testing and the screening and, and to be able to detect these kind of things very early and do something about it has not existed and and that's what the lab will provide in the future and and clearly it's important that lots of places have this capacity because there's, there's, there's self-interest involved in that if you can if you can detect this and do something about it quickly, then it doesn't spread. It doesn't move. Um, mm-hmm. I was just reading on the, on the news this morning that um, it looks like they've managed to contain the most recent uh, Ebola outbreak in DRC. And that's all about detection and containment. So the more of that uh, uh, capability we have around the world, the better it is for everybody, wherever you are in the world.
0: Professor Garside mentions the principal of the College of Medicine, Professor Mopatsamapando, who we spoke with in our People and Perspective episode about dentistry and mental health and haggis. And that is well worth a listen. In fact, if you have missed any of our previous episodes, they are all still available for you to go back and catch up on. Now, This whole series has been about what is unique about the partnership between Scotland and Malawi. And Dr. Mopatsa sums it up for us beautifully.
7: It's the trust we've built, the friendship we've built. So we are able to trust each other. We are able to jointly say, okay, do you think this will work? So I've really enjoyed that type of uh, relationship. And I think that is more sustainable when you can trust each other. They ask us, what do you want? We, we come up with solutions and we work together so I think if that can be continued in terms of these projects or relationships that you build and I think that can be long lasting rather than uh, uh, relationships that don't you don't trust each other
0: I think throughout all the conversations in this series we've heard about mutual benefit and the respect for each other as well as this trust and that is something that was echoed by Linda Demble from the Malawi and Scotland partnership
4: you know our partnership is unique because it has, uh, it, it has mutual benefits. So it's not about another country being superior. I mean, Scotland being superior to Malawi or Malawi being superior to Scotland. So they, because of that mutual be- benefit and because um, there's that respect for each other, our partnership is unique.
0: Okay, Jimsy, I think we need some help bringing this episode towards a conclusion. Let's bring in Susan Dalgetty.
1: Susan Delgetty has enjoyed a varied career in journalism and politics and has worked on a range of governance projects in Malawi since 2005. She is also a trustee for the Scotland-Malawi
0: Partnership. And recently published a book called The Spirit of Malawi.
8: One of the things that has always struck me is that people in rich countries, like ours think that people who live in low-income countries like Malawi have a completely different experience of humanity, of what it is to be a human, because all they see is uh, hunger, uh, conflict, poverty. So that's the only story. I can understand why the big aid agencies have to do that to... Attract funds, etc, but by and large the images that even today come out of sub-Saharan Africa are negative. But our experience of life, whether it's our watching our children grow up, family celebrations, dying, um, just of being a human, they're exactly the same. The cultural, there are cultural differences, of course, but there's cultural differences, you know, between people in the north of Scotland and the south of Scotland. The only real difference is economic. I had never fully understood the economic challenge of growing Malawi from a, a low-income country into a middle-income country, how how challenging that is. The impact of climate change is definitely... I hadn't fully understood how bad it was because we were there for six months. Then you could see how the seasons were changing. It had changed even from when I started going 15 years ago. And the erosion on our bit of the lake, and also the challenge of educating a huge population of young people. Until you have a a really well educated population, then, then the economic challenges are going to remain. You're doing that within the context of climate change, which is affecting farming. It's affecting how how much people have to eat at the most basic level, but it's also affecting how you can develop your agriculture. And then you put COVID on top of it. All all of those things sound really um, negative, but human beings, we have an amazing capacity to enjoy life even at its most challenging.
1: It's been so interesting for me to see the beauty that I know of Malawi seen via other people's eyes and them describe that to me.
8: The red dust of Lulongwe, much, oh. much as it makes me cough. Me <laughs> really, too. It's, that's awful, it's isn't It's terrible. It? Oh, but yeah. Uh, the smell of when, when it rains, it's almost like you can taste it. Everything is more intense. The colours are more intense. The smells are more intense. The sunsets and the the thunder and lightning is utterly unbelievable. And the skies are so much bigger.
1: It is this beautiful country with funny people and incredible people and people who want to do well and want to do better and that really excites me and i think to have friends here in scotland who are also like hey i see what you're trying to do and let's do it together that
0: really excites me there's these two worlds that are coming together to create a better world i feel a bit sad that not more malawians have got that experience of scotland because i also I'm listening to that and I'm going, and yeah, and Scotland's amazing. And look at the incredible islands and the beautiful turquoise seas and the sands and the hills and the gorse. (laughs) I don't know, but I want to share that with Malawians as well. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's that thing as well of like, not wanting to encourage lots of travel and lots of tourism and lots of people flying around. We really have to be mindful of this climate emergency. I guess for now, a good low carbon activity
8: would be just to listen to the stories of people who have been lucky enough to travel. I was in Karonga in the museum. There's a really nice museum in Karonga. There's a great permanent exhibition that tells the story of human development. There are some serious scientists who suggest that humanity began actually along the shores of Lake Malawi. Sometimes it feels like that. That this is actually all our home. It's not just Jimsy's home. It it's our home village for everybody. And it's a very special place.
1: You are listening to the People to People podcast.
0: I definitely think we should keep working together, Jimsy.
1: Oh, okay. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> I thought this was it. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> You'll never get rid of me now that I'm in your life. I speak to you every day.
0: Time to check in with David Hope Jones, Chief Executive of the Scotland-Malawi Partnership.
9: I mean, I remember when Humza Youssef was the, the Minister for International Development, he was out in Malawi, I think for the first time, I think it was the EU ambassador said to him, and he was happy to share this, that Scotland's got something that no one else in the diplomatic corps has. And, and that's, that's trust in in Malawi. There's a real trust in that relationship between Malawi and Scotland, and Scotland's views. You know, I don't want to overdo the point, but by many people in, in Malawi, as a friend and, and partner rather than a donor, and that allows very different things to happen. But it also means a real responsibility on on all of us that wow, you know, we're involved in this amazing 160 year relationship. You know, warts and all, where you know, I'm, you know, appalling things have have happened, and wonderful things have, have happened, and. You know, as with all of us, you know, we we have our our failings, but for whatever reason that there is a particular trust and solidarity that's that's there now. And, you know, that could so easily be lost, you know, and, and that's why we spend so much of our time banging on about these slightly pompous-sounding principles because you know we think it's really important that that we're just looking after we're just kind of the custodians of this chapter of the bilateral relationship. But it's going to go on for many more yeah. generations after we're buried and forgotten.
0: What will happen in the next few generations? Do you think?
9: What will happen? Well, I mean, I really, I really hope, as I'm sure lots of people do, that the next chapters are, the, are Africa's chapter. I really hope the extreme poverty. That we were talking about between Scotland and Malawi, in, in two thousand and five, it is not something we're talking about in quite the same way in you know twenty thirty five, and that you know many of those deep and underlying problems are, are resolved. And I hope the move to digital uh, and perhaps the the increasing use of solar, you know, mean, means that actually countries like Malawi have very different opportunities in the future to what we what we have now. I hope that we succeed in our ma- mission to, to sort of challenge those misconceptions and, and prejudices and stereotypes that exist in, in Scotland and, and the global north about countries like Malawi, and and we get better. We get better through dialogue in you know understanding each other, but also understanding our, ourselves.
0: Have you learned anything? Yeah, definitely. I feel like I've got lots of stories now that people have been telling me. It expands my horizons, I'm aware that there's much, much more. I'm aware that I'm getting a glimpse mm. through a tiny computer screen. But you do get a different perspective, don't you? By listening to people and seeing through their eyes.
9: I remember the, 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 the vice president of Malawi escorting him to through the House of Commons and I was sitting with him above the chamber watching Theresa May, then, then Prime Minister, talking about Brexit at that time and explaining to, to him the, the politics of, of it all. And because it was an important moment, um, all sorts of lords started sort of tottering through and, and joining us there. And I sort of had the president of Malawi to, to my left and the Duke of Wellington to my right, and sort of explaining to him that all of these guys are also parliamentarians, but no one has actually voted for them and sort of his eyes opening. And, you know, it's that sober self reflection that's so easy and sadly so common for people to fly into a country like Malawi and, and think that they've got, they've got the answers. I'll start a meeting in which you want to talk about governance by. Telling them, you know, just how many times the Scottish Parliament was over over budget. Tell them how appallingly we managed the tram network that we have in, in Edinburgh. Tell them about uh, Royal Bank of Scotland's contribution to the global economic collapse. Tell them about our un, un, unelected parliamentarians and our, our journey to a fully democratic system that's, that's several hundred years in and probably has several hundred years to go. And, you know, then you're able to create a space to really really talk and, and really listen once you've got that sort of humility and, and self-awareness. And I guess my hope for the future is that there's that there's more of that uh, and that we continue to to challenge ourselves, that we don't clap ourselves on the back too, too often, that we're listening at the Malawian side, that we're open to challenge and that both countries grow as a result. And, and, and just that Malawi begins to get fair opportunities in the global trading environment, in the sort of energy environment, and that Malawi isn't uh isn't ravaged by climate change, something that it, it's overwhelmingly not been responsible for the contribution for.
0: That's really cool. I also hope uh, if I could add in that we all start having singing and dancing during our business <laughs> meetings, because that's brilliant.
9: <laughs> isn't it? It's um, I'm so pleased that like in I think we were both in the same, same meeting, um, the, the MASP yeah. Symposium and, and it sort of intersperses you know, speeches with, with, with singing and dancing. And what's, what's awesome is that that's what you would get, you know, if you were there in Malawi and it's brilliant that it's still there in the digital, digital space.
0: Which brings us to the very final word that we can squeeze in from Andrew Namakoma, the former chair of MASP, the Malawi-Scotland Partnership, hosts of the dance and music filled symposium that David mentioned
7: definitely we might be dealing with some of the challenges that are coming along with climate change. And this is the area that we really need to focus on. That's why I think the, the project that malay Scotland and Partnership had with the Scottish Government, the Climate Justice Project, was a very important component. Because I remember being asked in terms of the approach, in terms of the implementation of the project, I said we need to include our, all all the Scotland and Malay Partnership members, be it schools, churches, so the sensitization has to go to everyone because everybody know need to, is in, in need of this kind of information and needs to take action. So if churches start acting, schools start acting, finally it will be communities, then it will be the entire nation doing something because everybody's doing something about it. So sensitization and awareness raising to me, that's I think what is actually bringing all this change and we've started kind of harvesting the results when a Malawian and a meet and they're discussing issues, it's different from, I think, the other relationships that I've seen. The other countries is different. So this is a very rare model because it's about people to people. It's not government to government, but we are talking about people to people. That means the, the, the connection is at the, at the base and it goes up.
1: It's about people and where we get to listen to one another and share ideas of how we can get from point A to point B by having conversations and not just enforcing what we think is right onto the other person.
0: And it takes courage to show up for that, actually, to just make space for conversation, to make space for listening and to make sure that everyone as far and as wide as possible is included.
1: Please join us on our Facebook, Instagram and Twitter.
0: And these are great places to stay in touch, to share the podcast with your friends. We do genuinely reply and love to hear from all of the messages that you send us. Alternatively, you can email us at people2peoplepod at gmail.com. And we've even made a survey to help us shape how and if we are going to do a second series. So if you have an idea or you just want to give us some general encouragement, please do fill that in. I am so excited about this last song now, Chimsy. You were there.
1: It was a great moment. I you, I have videos from that day and I often go back to watch them. I'm like, ah, oh, this was this was a glorious day.
0: So this song was recorded at the Scotland and Malawi Partnership AGM. Hundreds of people in the crowd, either Scots who've got links to Malawi or Malawians who live in Scotland, and the crowd are listening to Lazarus, who's this really amazing, inspiring Malawian musician with albinism who grew up at busking and now has become a world music superstar. And Davy Luhanga and Brave Nyahi, who both married Scots and made their own Malawian Scotland families. So this is the last song in the set. And by this point, no one's in their seat. We've got Scots, Malawians, young and old, all dancing together in celebration of the people-to-people friendship and we'd like you to do the same. But first, quickly, in this episode, you heard Dr. Tuongi Gawa, Gary, Jacqueline, Morvin, and Ailey Brough, Professor Paul Garside, Professor Mopatsuma Pando, Linda Dembo, David Hope Jones, Susan Dalgetti, and Andrew Namakoma. We'd like to thank everyone who has supported the making of this podcast, our family members and friends who've listened and fed back and checked our facts as we found the shape of the episodes, and the staff of the Scotland-Malawi Partnership, Jade, David, Louisa, and Stuart, While the Scotland-Malawi Partnership is independent of government, its work, including supporting this podcast, wouldn't be possible without the core funding from successive Scottish governments of different stripes. So a big thank you to all the Scottish government for believing and investing in the Scotland-Malawi Partnership so that they could support this independently produced podcast. By me, Hazel Darwin-Clements, and by Chimsy Dory. All right, let's get dancing.
5: This is a rare collaboration, so happy to share this moment this is a moment of history right now this is uh, the track which is gonna get everyone on their feet
10: we Apausea Mataua, Akaya Amazima, Nasibeco, Mamuna, Mamuberica, Ureno, Nay, Pupa, Abadelo, Pupa, Papo, Amu, Yuri, Yuri, Amuber, Keso, Ureno, Nay, Yumbamo, Abadelo, Yumbama, Mutose, Maputa, Hamu, take it to Yoki, 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 so it is the time for dancing people. The last song. God bless you, people in Scotland. I'm very happy to see you, people in Scotland. God with you. God
7: with you. God with you. Thank you so much. God bless you.